0: Welcome to Church in Maine. This is the podcast that is at the intersection of faith and modern life. I am Dennis Sanders, your host. This is episode 137. It is a solo episode. Um, I hadn't planned on making this, but um, kind of in light of the most recent, sadly, most recent um, school shooting in Nashville, I, um, as many of you know, I, I do a weekly video for my church, usually on um kind of a usually a recent topic uh relating it to faith. And so I did that with this. Um video came out yesterday. And um the whole topic is really about how we respond to these. Um I don't know if tragedy is the right word, but that's the word I'm gonna use. Um and it came out of a as somewhat of a of frustration. Um you know, there, whenever these things happen, you get two responses, and both of these responses basically piss me off. Um, I see one more than the other just because of the circles that I run in. The first one is kind of the, the literal thoughts and prayers type thing where they offer thoughts and prayers, and, you know, obviously they're sincere, and I think they do care about the people concerned, but... When it comes to dealing with issues such as gun violence, these are people who kind of will shrug their shoulders and say there's nothing that they can do. And I find that, one, uncaring, um, kind of caring, um, and maybe from a, a kind of secular, patriotic standpoint, un-American, to kind of say that, hi, there's really nothing we can do here. Um, which is kind of amazing for a country that always kind of believes that we can do something, that we don't have to just settle um, for certain situations. Um, So, you know, there's that side that really just doesn't want to change anything because, you know, they don't want to, they're afraid of giving up gun rights. And as I say in a video, I am kind of a libertarian when it comes to gun rights. And um, so I understand that, but that doesn't mean that there is nothing that can be done. I I just am annoyed by that. And I'm also annoyed a lot by the gun fetishism that has really arisen maybe in the last, especially in the last five years or so, where um, you see a lot of, especially representatives who decide that for some reason it's kind of cool to have all the members of the family hold a gun um, for their Christmas photo, which, you know, you don't have to be, and there are lots of people who support gun rights who don't feel it's necessary to have to have everyone holding guns. It's It's just kind of a weird kind of almost idolatrous symbol. Uh, the other side of that though, are the people who are usually the ones that are for some type of gun regulation. And there are always the endless memes that bother me. Um, The memes that about that, you know, something is wrong here or that we should repeal the second amendment or that um, people who have guns don't care about kids or, or, that they are willing to sacrifice children. um, It's always kind of in a way that is, to me, doesn't respect uh, the other side. Um, And I saw that especially, of course, this past week. I don't know how many of the so many different memes that were kind of speaking out. And, you know, it does say something, but... In some ways, it doesn't do anything. I mean, is any of this going to really change any gun laws? Uh, You know, no. It's just kind of a way of expressing our uh, anger. But the thing that really bothers me is when we talk about when people make fun of thoughts and prayers. And as I say in the video, I get it. There are people who say that, and they don't really mean it. They don't mean to change anything. But I worry especially among progressive Christians that have in some ways become so enamored with um protest that they don't really see prayer as a way of grounding that protest and actually believing that God can work um, you know I, I kind of am from that school of um if you've read a lot of any books by theologian Andy Root that we kind of live in this era of um, the imminent frame where we just don't expect kind of God to kind of come into our lives. And I think especially when we talk about thoughts and prayers, we kind of act as if God is not going to to act, God is not going to change anything, that it's really up to us um, and that we have to mobilize better and do all of this. And I'm not going to say that that's not important, that is, but... I don't think if we do any prayer, I don't think anything is going to really change, or at least, and and at the very least, for people who are people of faith, I think that that matters. Um, Prayer matters. So that's what this video is about, and um, so I will let you go ahead and listen to it, and um, I will shut up, and um, here's the video. Dennis Sanders, the pastor of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Roseville, Minnesota. Hope you're having a good week. Many of us saw this photo earlier this week. It was taken by a photographer of the Tennessean, which is the daily newspaper for Nashville. It's one of those photos that speaks volumes and probably will be a photo that will be etched in our memories for decades. It's a photo of a young child in distress, looking out of the window of a metropolitan Nashville school bus. The photo was taken at Covenant Presbyterian Church and School after yet another school shooting took place earlier this week on Monday, leaving six people dead, including three nine-year-olds. Now, before we go any further, I want to be honest here and share where I'm coming from, especially to state my own views when it comes to guns. I don't own a gun, haven't fired a gun, but I tend to be a civil libertarian, especially on social issues, so I do respect the Second Amendment. I believe that there are many people out there who own guns and use them responsibly. And I think too often we forget those people exist. That said, I also believe that a right isn't a license. It doesn't mean that we can do whatever we want. As Christians, we have responsibilities as well. And I believe that there should be laws and regulations when it comes to guns. After all, guns are powerful. They're potentially destructive weapons. And so they have to be used with care. And, a gov- a gov- and governments, as much as they must ensure the people have the right to bear arms, must also make sure that that right is not used to harm others. So that's where I stand. But I want to talk about how we usually respond tragedies like this one of the things that we usually kind of I hear about especially in my cohort and the people who are mostly watching this who are mainly Protestants and progressive Christians is really how much we tend to say with derision the words or the phrase thoughts and prayers we always kind of come out about that because it's this belief that People use prayers as a way of delaying action or maybe not wanting to deal with the issue at hand. And I think that those criticisms are legitimate. Congressman Andy Ogles, who was who represents Nashville or parts of Nashville, actually even said the words in immediate hours of after the tragedy of thoughts and prayers. But he also said that there was very little that Congress or could really do in, the, in light of this tragedy. It doesn't help that he also got into trouble because there is a photo of him at Christmas time along with the rest of his family all holding guns. I think that this is expressed by the theologian Miroslav both, and his quote actually showed up on a lot of uh, memes on social media when he says there is something deeply hypocritical about praying for a problem you are unwilling to resolve. So, yes, people can use prayers in a way that is a placebo when it doesn't really solve the issue. But it doesn't mean that prayers are useless. In fact, Christians should not use prayer as a substitute of action, but they need to use it as the basis of action. Too often, we think, and especially mainline Christians, tend to ignore prayer. We don't think that it really does anything, and we think that what really matters is activism and action. So it's interesting that someone like Martin Luther King Jr., a pastor... And who so someone obviously that saw activism and action as important also saw the importance of prayer, especially when it came to civil rights. A quote that is attributed to him says: to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. And we need prayer because this issue that we're dealing with, gun violence and mass shootings. This issue is not easy. There are so many things that we have to think about. We have to think about the regulation of guns and what kind of regulations really work. We have to balance public safety and constitutional concerns. We have to address mental health issues, especially when many of these shooters have had mental health issues. Are we enforcing the laws that we have on guns that are already on the books? And how do we deal with a culture that has started to fetishize and idolize guns? And how do we get politicians, especially those who want to ignore the issue, to actually care? How do we not demonize those that have differing views than we do? And how do we listen to one another? When I look at this issue and all the challenges that we are facing, and then I remember that photo of that child crying, I am totally reminded that we need to pray. We pray because we can't do this on our own. These challenges are great. We are facing what is truly a great evil in our world. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we believe that God is the one that establishes justice in the land and that it is God that goes before us and with us as that justice is established. I believe in a God that is active in our world. That's why I pray. And it is only through God that the possible can become, that the impossible can become possible. Activism matters. But for Christians, for people who are followers of Jesus Christ, it must be grounded in prayer to the one that makes a way out of no way. New York Times columnist David French, who actually happens to live in Nashville, wrote this week that prayer is not the only response to a school shooting, but it needs to be one of those responses. This is what he wrote. I do not for a moment think that prayer is the only response to a tragedy, but for me and millions of others, it is a necessary response. On that terrible day and that mournful night, when people I know were torn in two by unspeakable loss. I prayed with my friends and with my neighbors. I prayed that God would comfort the families of the fallen, that pastors and other caregivers would possess the wisdom to minister effectively, that families and friends would be aware of and respond to the troubled young people in their midst, that lawmakers could also demonstrate the wisdom and just as important moral courage to enact policies that can make a difference. When we look at that photo of that young child, we need to ask ourselves, what do we owe them? What is our responsibility to that child and to the millions of children in our country? It's enormous as we discern all of this, then we need to pray for our nation, for our leaders, those that we like, those that we don't like, that we all might have the courage to listen to one another and to craft policies that will answer that young child's cry. If we want to change things in our world, it means Spending less time virtue signaling on Twitter or Facebook with a tweet or post. And spending more time on our knees in prayer. This coming Sunday is Palm Sunday. As Jesus entered Jerusalem, the crowd shouts Hosanna. And you might think that Hosanna is this kind of way of saying hooray. But it's not. In Hebrew, Hosanna means save us. In the wake of the Nashville shooting, may that be our prayer to God this week, next week, and in the weeks following, as we seek to answer that young child. Please, Lord, save us. Take care. I will see you soon. I'm not going to say much more than um, simply that if you want to um, follow and subscribe, uh, go to churchinmain.substack.com or all one word, .org. Um Thank you for listening. Please keep our nation in your prayers. Take care. Uh, Godspeed. And I will see you all very soon.